Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. What's going on, everybody? We are back. It's episode number 165 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. Not live, but here on location in Columbus, Ohio, as Herm and I are here covering the Premier Lacrosse League. So we're doing the show from our hotel room, and this might be the most comfortable setup we've had. Certainly the most comfortable, and I mean, I could not think of a better way to sit back and talk some birds, baby. We've got Birds, Phils, and Sixers news to talk about, but before we get started, got to give a shout-out to the sponsors that always present our show, Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, and Mark Ronchetti CPA LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. You guys should be incredibly impressed right now. He just did that off the top of his head. Off rip. There was no paper in front of him. Nothing to remind him. He just crushed that stuff. So, big hats off to Kyle. That being said, we got the skins this week, baby. Birds, Redskins, at the link. Deshaun Jackson's first home game that counts in an Eagles uniform for the first time in years. Uh, Everybody remembers the last time the Eagles opened the season against the Redskins in 2017. They went on to win the Super Bowl. That's what matters. And, to make it even better... The last time the Eagles opened the season against Washington, I was in a different state. I was down in Virginia for Look that game. It's just all coming together. I mean, this it looks year, like the Eagles are going to make it back to the Super Bowl here, In a here, different right? state, looks like, you know, it's it's just fate. You know, history repeats itself, Herm, and right now it's looking pretty good uh, I mean, on that front. Making it to the Super Bowl will be a big, big feat for the Eagles this year. That being said, I mean, they're going to have some stiff competition coming out of the AFC. So, um... They'll definitely have to work on like a new Philly Philly play. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Carson Wentz, first game back fully healthy. I'm very excited to see him get out there with all of these weapons he has. You know, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, who a little bit scary. He had a biceps injury pop up late this week in practice, but Doug Peterson said, uh, you know, he just had a little collision in practice and they held him out just precautionary reasons. He's going to be fine. You got Nelson Aguilar, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, plus all these running backs that Carson Wentz has not typically had in his career. Sure, he had Jay Ajayi in 2017, but to have Jordan Howard, Miles Sanders, a healthy Corey Clement, and Darren Sproles, you know, we've talked about this offense as soon as it kind of came together, but this team on offense is stacked. Yeah, I mean, that's what they call depth, and that's kind of what the Eagles were missing last season. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're relying on Smallwood every single week to try and do something that you knew he wasn't going to do, it just it was inefficient and hard to watch, to be honest with you. So now he's got options. And, I mean, you mentioned it best. He's fully healthy. I actually heard they're going to employ the uh, fully bubble wrap technique tomorrow, <laughs> and they're going to wrap his entire body in bubble wrap underneath his pads. So um, he'll stay healthy tomorrow, though. I'm pretty excited to see what he can do out on the field. I mean, opening day for football is 
unlike anything else. The energy is going to be crazy. The link is going to probably just explode with enthusiasm. And, I mean, we have a good friend that's going to be there, Mike Scott. Mike so. Scott's going to be at the 4th and John Tailgate. Also friends of ours. Shout out to E-Rock and Gale. Yeah. Um, they're throwing down their uh, their theme for the tailgates this year is a, uh, a battlefield. So everybody's going to be rocking old school, like, military helmets and eye paint and everything oh, for the Revenge Tour. Oh, my god! I've seen E-Rock's socials. It looks really awesome. Um, so shout out to the 4th and John crew because they're going to be throwing down an F1. And if you're going to be around... Go to their tailgate. Like it yeah. is a, an absolute party. Um, so make sure if you're going to the game, head over to Lot F1. Tell the Fourth and John boys we said what's up. But and if you're not heading to the game, still go to Lot F1 and just party. Party. So, um, is that is that legal? Yeah, right, I've I, done it. I can encourage that. <laughs> um, but you know, we we talked about this offense from a game plan standpoint, but. The offensive line, Herm, was uh, in ESPN in the magazine this week. It oh, finally that came was out. outstanding. The body issue with Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, Big V, and Isaac Sayamalu. Those photos were, one, hilarious, but two, they're offensive linemen, but they are absolutely ripped. Right, they're, they're some like attractive dudes. They, they might look fat with the pads, and like they don't look athletic necessarily all the time. But they've got they got big muscles under it's those big muscles. bellies and bodies, you know. I mean, you got to be able to lift your weight. But like those are some dudes that you know. I mean, we've known this for years now that they're they like have a good time, you know. They're not ashamed of any part of their body, and they looked like they just had a freaking hoot doing that body issue. It was hilarious. I loved it. And you know what? You have to appreciate it because I mean, it's not too often you get to see that side of professional athletes mm -hmm. and how they kind of just open up and. Spring like little chickens or whatever they say. <laughs> um, but seeing those photos, it was absolutely hilarious. Waking up at 8 a.m. and ESPN tweeting them out and seeing, you know, eagle masks covering up their junk. And yeah, I mean, it kind of tailgating naked. So I thought that it, I didn't realize at first that it was a body issue because I had seen it on a bunch of third party mm -hmm. accounts. And I thought it was just people like photoshopping these pictures. And I'm like, wow. They did a really great job with these. Like, I, I mean, I was like, I wonder. The my, my like first thought was, I wonder what they had to Google to find a body oh that God. looks like that. But then I I figured out that it was the body issue, and no, it was great. I mean, and you know what? For a team that could use some positive publicity, the Eagles kind of got it at the right time here, and especially going into what could be another huge season, as you said. I mean, 2017 and right now kind of are lining up to seem like very similar seasons. Yeah, and I mean, and maybe some more wins and a little bit more of a uh, structured team, but... Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Eagles were the most consistently injured team last year right? and were a drop pass away to getting to the NFC Championship game. Which I mean, it's crazy to think about. Right. That's absurd. I mean, double doink, baby. But, man, what a snooze fest that game was the other night, too. Oh, so dude. that's why Sunday's going to be even better. I mean, won the Eagles play, and we'll actually have good football to watch. Hopefully, because the other night was probably worse than the Super Bowl. And that's saying something because the Super Bowl is pretty awful. Mm -hmm. and it was bad. Yeah. Shout well, out to the Bears. Ohio hey, State just blocked a kick. The Bear, nice. The Bears, uh, they made a field goal, though. That's, they that's did. All that matters. They made a field goal. Did you? That's what you, fixed their. Did you watch the game? Yeah. So sadly. you saw how much coverage there was before the game. Oh my Strictly God. asking the what's the guy's name from uh, the Bears? Matt now? Nagy. Matt Nagy. They were like, "Are you worried about taking a field goal tonight?" Like, like what, dude? It's it's week one of a new season. 
if you're a professional athlete, you put that sh- that stuff behind you, you move on, and you you do your job. I mean, he's been kicking field goals now for so many years; it's just first nature. Sure, that happens, and it was an awful situation for a Bears fan or to be on the Bears team. But like these dudes are so far past the double doink at this point; like they couldn't care less. Herm, we've got breaking NFL news. Let's right hear. Here. Did AB just sign with the Patriots? Not AB, but we'll get into AB in just a little bit. Uh, the we talked about this before we started recording, but Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons have oh, finalized right. a three-year, sixty-six million dollar extension. Wow! That includes sixty-six million dollars guaranteed. So the entire extension what? is guaranteed. What? Brut it up, chicken titties! <laughs> this man is getting paid. That's twenty. So. That's $22 million a year. But you know what? You know who is probably doing a little happy dance right now? And I said this earlier. DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. This man's about to get paid because you know what? Julio's good, but I think DeAndre's better. And DeAndre's you know what? in another realm of his own. And you know what? Because of that, he's just going to wave that 66 mil in front of someone's nose and make them give him 67 or more. Yep. That's absurd, dude. Sixty-six I mean, million guaranteed to Julio Jones. That's insane. I mean, that also shows though, like they're loyal as hell to him. Mm-hmm. They're going to ride out the Julio Jones train, and they're going to keep feeding him what he needs. So, I mean, that's great. And it's in the wake of all of the stuff that's been happening with AB. It's it's great to see that a team feels confident enough to guarantee all of that money up Especially front. Especially when Julio had his press conference this week that scared fantasy owners of right. Julio Jones, <laughs> where he was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to play unless <laughs> a, a contract is figured out. So okay, Zeke, chill out. <laughs> Julio's going to be on the field this week for the fantasy owners. And if you haven't already, go check out the most recent Goal Line Fantasy Football podcast me and Mikey put out on Wednesday, getting you ready for all of the week one action. It's a good one. Just subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, Underground Sports Philadelphia, and you'll get the Goal Line Fantasy Football podcast right in your feed. But getting back to the Eagles, Herm, we talked with uh, Mr. Rob Henson from uh, Redskins Capital Connection this week on Eagles Enemies that came out earlier this morning. Um, You can also check that out on your podcast feeds. But, you know, I asked him about Deshaun Jackson because we all know D-Jax played for the Redskins once uh, Chip Kelly released him, and this is this game is going to mean a lot to Deshaun. Yeah, I mean, especially just being home. There's something that goes kind of, not underlooked, but like there's a comfortability he feels in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and he finally gets to get out there and be with his boys. I mean, bop to a little Meek Mill out there or something, you know, before the game, and that's the stuff that he probably missed for, uh, for what is it? Three, it's been like five, five years. Five years. Holy cow. <sighs> Haven't missed you, Chip yeah, Kelly. Six, actually. This this would have been year six because he was released after 2013. So. Right, dude. I mean, it's wild how fast time flies. That being said, I mean, coming in as an opponent is not like playing at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sure, he's played games at the link since then, but it's not like being on the winning team on the home sideline. Right. So, I mean, this is a huge game for him. With all the energy that the crowd's going to bring, I think that we're going to get a hell of a hell of a game out of him you know when he came back he was on instagram live talking about how he's going back to that 10 mode because this is the first time he's worn number 10 since he left right um you know not that jersey numbers mean much in the grand scheme of performances but like number 10 when you think of the eagles you think of deshaun jackson and him to be able to get that number 10 uniform back on i think he's going to go out there and just put on an absolute show and you know the last time we had a home opener against washington when Deshaun Jackson was on the team, first play of the game, Michael Vick bombs an 88-yard touchdown to Deshaun Jackson, and 
you know, it's it's just going to be a, a different type of, you know, energy in that stadium when his name gets announced and when that first play goes because Doug Peterson knows how much Deshaun Jackson means to this city and how much this city means to Deshaun. And that's why they brought him back, too, because this team is on the cusp of potentially winning another Super Bowl in the next two to three years. And that's all Deshaun wants at this point. You know, he's he's matured mm-hmm. and he's he's all about winning now. It's not me, me, me. He's got three kids. He's engaged. Like, this is a different Deshaun Jackson, and I'm very excited to see what he's going to bring to this offense. Yeah, this is a Deshaun Jackson, and I look forward to hearing what he has to say on the art museum steps one time when they win the super bowl because mm-hmm. you know he's gonna give that speech that like we remember forever he's like the chase sully of the squad he might drop an f-bomb or jason something kelsey. maybe a little jason kelsey i mean i didn't want to say someone that was like still around so like, true chase Utley, you know but um yeah dude i mean just to get uh deshaun back on the field with the eagles is gonna be huge and he's one of those guys that like even if he doesn't go out there for every play or play every snap you're still going to admire the dude. He's done so much for the city and helped growing the Eagles fan base and just really keeping the guys on lock. I mean, it's amazing. Definitely. And, you know, I saw a stat on Twitter. For, forgive me for whoever put this out there, but uh, Deshaun Jackson has played in 12 Eagles-Redskins matchups in his career, whether it was with Philly or Washington. The team he was on is 10-2. and two in those matchups that's amazing and then on top of that doug peterson this is his fourth year as a head coach doug peterson's going for a four and oh start in his career in home opening games that would be uh, or in just season opening games i should say not home opening but yeah doug's won game one every, every single year. year of his career yeah. so and doug's doug's the guy and i would not be shocked if we pull this one out again this weekend i mean i'm i'm not gonna overlook the redskins because mm-hmm. they're an nfl team that being said, there are a lot of question marks. There's on a that lot of team. question marks on that team, and I think that the Eagles are going to be able to come into this one and just kind of. Um, I don't want them to take anything off the gas. Don't take the foot off the gas pedal, mm-hmm. but like, I'm not really concerned about getting this win. I think we pull this one out pretty pretty handily. Yeah, especially you know, you look at the offensive line for Washington. They have mm-hmm. Eric Flowers starting at left guard and Donald Penn, who is 36 years old, and they just signed him off the street a couple weeks ago to play left tackle for you think them. He was actually on the street. Like not he was like living on the street. Not that way, but <laughs> he wasn't hired. So to to bring those guys in and the NFC East teams know Eric Flowers like the back of their hand. Right. He is atrocious. Uh, I'm very excited for this pass rush for the Eagles to get after Suitcase Keenum mm-hmm. uh, and just tear him apart again on the link field because the last time Case was here, Eagles won 38 to seven against the Minnesota Vikings on their way to a Super Bowl. So. Damn. Case Keenum, welcome back. We are going to uh, put on a show for you. Skull. Skull. Oh, man. Skull. <laughs> and you turn that into Foles. 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 Oh, uh, no, man. No more Foles this week. However, I think that uh, Carson Wentz comes out here and picks them apart, you know, and uh, does what he does best. Definitely. You know, you brought up Wendell Smallwood earlier. He came out, had a very uh, interesting quote. They asked him, you know, if he was going to be giving intel to the the Redskins locker room and coaching staff, and he was like, I could never do that. You know, that's my team uh, through and through. I won a Super Bowl with that team. It's my childhood team. I would never, you know, go behind their backs and, uh, you know, do them wrong like that. So for Wendell to still be loyal to the Eagles as a franchise and everything like that, even though he's with a division rival, a new team, thought that was pretty admirable. Oh, completely. And, I mean, 
Yes, he came out and said that, so I hope he's staying true yeah. behind closed doors. That being said, yeah, you don't see this very often. I mean, as we watch AB run across our television screen right now, <laughs> um, loyalty in this league is it can be tough because, I mean, you're going to have guys down your throat asking what what's going on in the locker room over there, what, what their play schemes looking like and stuff. And, I mean, Wendell seems like a dude, though. I mean, this is it's an admirable thing, good for him, and just hope the best for him now that he's not with the Eagles anymore. I mean, he wasn't a bad running back. He just wasn't good. Good. He was, he was average. <laughs> he was an incredible, I mean, great. Yeah, he had Incredibly some, average. He had some great runs here and there, but he also like had five fumbles and mm-hmm. <laughs> just looked awful at times. So, I mean, yeah, he's incredibly average. He was, he's an upper echelon running back for another team somewhere else. Yeah, that doesn't I mean, plan on winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> he's still the number four running back with Washington on their depth chart, right. mostly because he hasn't been with them. And he's going to play a lot of special teams more than anything else. So hopefully the Eagles special teams can just shut him down as a kick returner. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see the Eagles getting a big, big win yeah, tomorrow. These are guys who've been practicing with him all year. So they they already know what Wendell can bring to the field. So I think the Eagles pull out this, this win, not easily, but handily. Yeah, and you know, you talked about Antonio Brown running across our TV screen here. This saga just continues to get more and more batshit crazy. Before we go any further, I want to give a shout out to uh, AB's media team, his content creators, (laughs) and the people who run his social media. (laughs) Basically, like, he probably has a group of like six people running that stuff because he's always posting videos and absolutely getting, absurd getting the content out there. I mean, AB, if he doesn't actually sign a contract with anybody now, he could he has a future in content creation. It is crazy. <laughs> so, uh, just this morning, Antonio Brown has been released by the Oakland Raiders. This following uh, all the fines that he has been given from the team him threatening to not show up, and then the team fining him for conduct detrimental to the team, which then voided his guaranteed money, therefore making his contract, you know, you have to play to earn the money. And then by voiding that, they got rid of, uh, you know, if they were to release him, he wouldn't be able to collect the guaranteed money from being released. So uh, he knows that he's not getting paid now from the Oakland Raiders, but he is no longer gonna be uh in the silver and black i'm just so baffled by is this all over the stupid helmet issue still that started it and that seems to be like uh nothing now right and we forget antonio brown got frostbitten on his feet exactly that's the third weirdest part of this whole thing because he didn't want to wear the things you wear in the cryo machine like have you if you've ever done cryo the first thing you know is like wear the appropriate clothing and make sure you don't have anything wet on your body so clearly he messed up both of those things (laughs) on his in or around his feet and toes what did you see the picture of his feet too? Terrible. It was the ugly. Never mind. I don't even want to talk about it. Then the that helmet being said, issue. Then we had the helmet issue, and now something was holding him back or holding his. Uh, I don't know. Last night, uh, he put a video out on his YouTube channel with a recorded phone call with him and John Gruden, which is highly illegal because California is a two-party state. If you don't know what that means, just Google it. Um, Let me break it down for you. He is not allowed to record John Gruden without John Gruden's permission. approval, and he did that. So there was that, and then this morning, just things continued to spiral, and the Raiders have now released him, and he, Thank is, God. he does not have to clear waivers. He is an unrestricted free agent and can sign with any team. And honestly, I don't want to see him sign with anybody. I just want to see him join the AAF. 
I just want to see him get like mentally healthy. Well, yeah, I want to, I obviously want the best for the dude and like I want him to be able to figure out his life. That being said, he clearly has some kind of mental health issue. Which is. everyone assumes is stemming from, from when he got hit by his now former teammate Vontez Perfect because right. he was its teammate in Oakland, which is totally ironic. Um when they were playing for the Steelers and Bengals respectively and AB's head like almost got knocked off. Yeah, and literally hit the ground harder than anything I've ever seen and I don't think he's been the same mentally since then. Yeah, and I mean CT is nothing to joke about. So if he can go get his mental health strained out, maybe like then he should make the comeback to the NFL when he's like ready to like accept terms and team policies which like every single other player in the league has to accept. So like I don't understand why he feels like they're singling him out because they wouldn't let him wear a helmet that literally has no protection in it to like help him from getting more of these mental health injuries. I don't know, man. Like that's just blasphemous to me. So he's eligible to be signed today, but he can't play until week 2. So um I mean, the initial thought, I guess, is the Patriots. I would say the Patriots, Washington, because Washington's dysfunctional enough and don't have any wide receivers that are you wanna, good. You want to hear bold, bold, something bold? You want to, you want to get DeAndre Hopkins some more space? Jeez, let's let, let's get the Texans to sign him. Oh my God! Imagine AB and DeAndre on the same team. That would be absurd. DeAndre would want to kill him. Well, of course he'd want to kill him, <laughs> but I mean, there's no way they share the ball either. Like, and then I I tweeted earlier feel plot, bad for plot twist. AB goes back to back to Pittsburgh, which would be absolutely comical. No, because he well, doesn't he have to approve it in some way, shape, or form. Well, it's it's his choice of where he right. signs. So that and it's like. Honestly, I think I don't think there's a lot of NFL teams that want to touch no. it, touch this with a 15. Pl- I honestly wouldn't pole. even be shocked if the Cowboys wanted to take a shot too because oh, yeah. it's Jerry. Think about how much money they could bring in. That's all he cares oh about. God. And like they're America's team, and he's an American and they from America. And they haven't done anything in 25 years. Yeah, no, the Cowboys aren't going to be very good this year. Um, probably finish last in this conference no nah, they'll be second place in the and then yeah, actually NFC's. yeah in the only because the giants in washington are yeah, in the division we, we have a pretty rough division here but um no i mean the cowboys can do what they want they just signed all their money away to ezekiel elliott though yeah. so that's a waste but uh any eagles fan that's trying to say oh bring antonio brown don't I'm stop you right there no Absolutely you, not. What's worse in this world, bringing in Antonio Brown to Philly or the Jeep truck? Probably <laughs> bringing Antonio Brown to Philly. And the Jeep truck is absolutely awful. Oh so you guys God. should take that into context. So, yeah, we've got Eagles, Washington tomorrow, 1 p.m. at the link. Like we said, head out to the 4th and John tailgate if you're around. Go hang out with Mike Scott and the 4th and John boys because they're going to be throwing down, having an absolute party. Uh, they're giving away these uh Carson Wentz revenge tour passes and I believe E-Rock tweeted that four of them are going to have two tickets to tomorrow's game with a $30 food voucher attached to the ticket so I mean you could be going in for you free. have a chance to be going to the game for free shout out to uh those guys for always throwing down in live maybe F1. I'll have to go out to F1 tomorrow I mean I'll be <laughs> home um but Herm last night outside of the Eagles the Phillies, man. Uh, no, they the continue to make me look like that Stitch gif where he's pulling his eyes down because they were tied up. JT Real Muto, the MVP of this team, this se- at least the second half of this season, uh, pay the man. Hits a 
game tying two run home run in the top of the ninth. And Gabe goes to the bullpen, obviously, because starting pitchers out of the game. And the Phillies give up a walk-off walk to Pete Alonso. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have pitched to Pete Alonso either. A walk-off walk. <laughs> that is the second time this season the Phillies have given up a walk-off walk. That That is just disgraceful. If There's one thing you learn before you even make it to the minors, before you even make it to the majors, before you even make it to college probably learn it around eighth grade or so you gotta throw strikes it, it's, it's you gotta throw strikes it's, man it's simple like it, it's self-explanatory and uh like we always say on the show our uh not official resident statistician johnny heller from philly's nation tweeted last night uh philly starters by the years 2016 a 441 era a 421 fip and a 13.1 war. Then we go to 2017, a 4.80 ERA, a 4.82 FIP, and a 9.4 war. 2018, a 4.12 ERA, a 3.76 FIP, and a 15.2 war. This year, a 4.60 ERA, a 4.90 FIP, and a 6.9 war with an 8.1 pace. It's not very good. This rotation in 2019 being worse than the ones with Adam Morgan and Ben Lively is pretty incriminating. That's that's pretty bad, man. <laughs> uh, 4.6 ERA is not going to get you very many wins. However, that being said, the fact that the Phillies are going to roll with the rest of this season and potentially have a spot to earn a wild card bid, one of the most frustrating things in the world. Just remember, him. Drew Smiley is pitching today. Uh, Drew Smiley's great. He's very happy. He smiles a lot of here. Yeah, and he makes everybody else frown because he's not very good. I wouldn't say he's not very good. It's just he's past his prime. There was a time in there was a time in the MLB where Drew Smiley was decent. Yeah, that was about five years ago. Yeah, but but there was a time. So I mean, and it, it's somewhere in there, just like way deep down inside there. Uh, taking a look here. At the standings right now, Phillies now behind or tied with the Mets for third place in the division at seventy-two and sixty-eight. Uh, it's it's just not looking good. However, if you would have told me that the Mets would be up this high three months ago, I would have called you a freaking liar. I would have laughed in your face. Yeah, but um, that that mean they, that makes last night's loss that much harder. And you look at the wild card now. The Phillies are now four games back. Of the second wild card, tied with the Mets and the Brewers, and also behind the Arizona Diamondbacks by two and a half games. Arizona sneaky here, eh? I mean, they nobody... sold off their team and they're two and a half out. Yeah, isn't that unreal? They got rid of their best player in the off season, That's and then what... got rid of their best pitcher at the trade deadline. And are still closer to a playoff spot than the Phillies right now. Yeah, I mean that's what you got to do sometimes. You, you got to get rid of the talent to like pay the respects of. Uh... The people, or someone—I don't know where I was going with that—but I mean, fact of the matter is, the Phillies, the Phillies need to work on their bullpen. The, they need to work on the rotation as well. They got to work on everything outside of outside I, of Aaron Nola. This team has no starting pitching. Right, and I mean, we—I've been on this show a handful of times now, and I feel like every time we say the same thing, Aaron Nola can't win you anything by himself. He'll win you games every fifth day, but. He won't win you a World Series because you can't have Aaron Nola go out there and pitch 
five games in a seven game series. And Just the worst part not is not impossible. This team is three or zero oh and three in Aaron Knowles' last three starts. Yep, that's the hard part because he's the one who you expect to get you the dubs. And but, those um, games are against the Marlins, <laughs> the Mets, and the Reds. Yeah, the Marlins have been a fit for the Phils all season. All I mean, we just can't beat the Marlins. I, I don't get it. I, it makes no sense to me, considering he. I mean, considering the Marlins are bad. Of, they're, they're bad. They're, they're the I mean, worst team in the National League. Yeah, but they're not like Detroit Tigers bad. Very true. Like Detroit is working on setting a new record for the worst uh, season of all time again. Them and the Orioles. <laughs> I mean the Orioles. So. Uh, the Orioles are still better than Detroit, though. The uh, if Detroit wins. Doesn't win two more games this month, which might actually not happen. They will set the record for the worst season of all time. Terrible. That is absurd to me. Um, but I mean, th- this team is is just so frustrating. We we joke about it all the time, but this is literally what's going to happen. Herm, they're going to be in the wild card hunt until the last series of the season yep. against the Marlins, where they need to sweep, and they'll get swept. No, I think they'll win two and that, lose the one yeah. game they need to win. Yep, they'll lose an Aaron Nola start. On the last game of the oh season. Oh my god! Isn't that freaking heartbreaking? And that's the shit that they do every single season. Yep. Like literally, that is what the Phillies are known for. And this is just such a, a glaring, you know, beam of light on Matt Klintak for the construction of this team. They bet far too much on the the homegrown talent and prospects that they had, and didn't solidify enough of the pitching with veterans and just going out and getting some free agents. You look at some of the free agent signings this offseason that the Phillies could have had. Charlie Morton. Why are you not going and getting him? He was part of your organization in 2017. Why not bring him back for two years, $30 million? That's nothing for what he's been able to produce for Tampa Bay this year. Like Those types of things are what the Phillies need to be going after to make sure that this rotation is solidified behind Aaron Nola, and they just didn't do it. Right, and I mean, the offseason isn't here yet, but we need to make some moves this offseason. <laughs> if if Klintak doesn't bring in... I mean, remember how excited we were to have Matt Klintak yep. in the front office when he was getting like Bryce Harper, JT, all these guys, and you're like, oh my God, I love Klintak. But right, but right now, I freaking hate Matt Klintak, yeah, and I think that he's nuts. really killing this team. He and Andy McPhail both. Yeah, I mean, dude, freaking get some pitching. Like, I mean, I have the same argument. I'm a Red Sox fan, of course. And so, I mean, Dave Dombrowski, get pitching. Like, <laughs> what is up with these GMs who are just like, oh, we can suck, but like, well, the thing score a ton of runs drives and still me nuts. suck. Andy McPhail is such a cheapskate. I don't know if you saw this story that came out. It might have been a week ago now. Uh, back in in the 90s when he was running the Twins, he told one of his players to stop giving baseballs away to kids because they cost eleven fifty a pop. Wait, they're they're not giving baseballs away. This was back in the 90s when Andy McPhail was like the GM of the <laughs> Twins. He to, he literally told a player to stop signing baseballs and giving them to kids because they cost too much. That is ridiculous. That's get insane. him out of my front office. That is not the guy yesterday. you want running your show. But I mean, hey man. Whatever the Phillies want, they get. It's ridiculous. And some other <laughs> oh, Phillies news, the, the head of the scouting department stepped down from his position uh, this week. He's still going to remain with the team just in a kind of an overseeing type role rather mm-hmm. than being the director of scouting. This is a, a franchise-altering move with who they hire next because, you know, Johnny Amarez was good at the top of the draft for some picks. He was good. He wasn't great. 
he couldn't get the depth type of draft picks in the the scouting of you know just talent wise wasn't all the way there and that shows with the Phillies farm system right now and he got maybe two or three good players from his time as you know heading the scouting department and that's a problem for this team too because they haven't been able to develop pitching they haven't been able Mm -hmm. to develop positional players like you look at this Phillies team right now they bought their core they bought Bryce Harper Mm -hmm. they bought JT sure they drafted Reese they drafted Scott Kingery they drafted Aaron Nola but outside of that what else do you have that's from you know your homegrown talent Adam Hazley he's a good player he's not great you have Alec Bohm who you're betting a lot on to be you know a franchise cornerstone piece Bryson Stott this year I would trade him for an arm but that's all you have and they need to approach that they cannot hire within Mm -hmm. for this new for this new scouting director because that will literally be the downfall of this team for the next decade or more yeah I mean there's only so much that you can do with having I don't want to say mediocre average draft picks and so you got to start making moves up front however that being said that is probably the most stressful job in an MLB organization being able to scout and be the head of scouting is crazy absurd. And so he, as much as he kind of did an average job, you got to tip your hat to him because he did one of the hardest jobs mm-hmm. with the Phillies. So that being said, hopefully they can get someone from outside to come in and get somebody from Tampa Bay. You know, yeah, literally get someone from Tampa, L.A. or uh, Houston, Houston, Oakland. Yeah, Oakland. Yeah. Any, any of those markets that... N- know what the hell they're doing mm-hmm. in the, the farm system no don't go to the yankees the yankees know what they're doing with their farm system though <laughs> no they don't they're the yankees <laughs> <laughs> they're garbage um phillies mets though today hopefully we get a win i doubt it though because drew smiley's on the mound and we yeah all... i think i have high hopes for today cue cue the harry callus, cue the harry callus. Uh, I, I almost just started crying right there frick <laughs> you know i mean harry callus was obviously the man the man the person i looked up to as a child so yeah, what a great what a great human being he was. Hopefully the Phillies get a win. Today. I think that they will. I mean, soothe my my anger. A nice Saturday W will make everything a little bit easier. Going into tomorrow's Eagles game. Exactly. So. Keep the city of Philadelphia happy, or piss them off and make tomorrow even, even more better, exciting. Even yeah. more, you know, anticipated. Uh, the Eagles hype video too was so that was a good charts. one. Yeah, I mean they always do a great job with that. Uh. Sixers news though, Herm, we are we are kind of pissed off because the NBA I'm incredibly is pissed off. Not allowing Mike Scott to wear his head tie anymore. That's just ridiculous. That's the stupidest shit I've ever f-ing heard. Oh, wait, I can't say that on the Sure line. you can. I can All beep right. it. <laughs> Alright, just beep that out because I mean that's how much frustration I feel. For a league that is now was doing such an amazing job at letting their players express themselves, mm-hmm. wear the shoes that you want to rock, wear armbands, wristbands, whatever you want to do show off your tattoos, do this, do that, but to not allow a player to wear his signature headband? Are you kidding me with that, Bull Honky? I mean, what what, what are you going to not let LeBron wear his headband soon because he's receding hairline? Like, I mean, if LeBron went out there with the tied headband, I'm sure they'd be okay with it because, you know what, it's not LeBron they got to have an issue with it. That being said, I mean, the NBA just took five steps backwards after they took two up. So I'm pissed at the NBA right now, if I'm being totally honest. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Next thing you know, they're going to have like 10 different jersey sponsors on these jerseys. It's going to be like StubHub, Tinder, 
some gas company, probably a pharmaceutical company on these things, all before the end of next season so that they can make money on every single jersey they put on the freaking court. Well, it's it's just like, you know, it's a head tie. What What's the big deal? Apparently, well, they said it's unprofessional, right? Which is stupid. That's just, like, Players wear headbands all the time. Right, are they fine with what's a, the difference? old sweatband then? Sweat, like, like, you know what the real problem It's because there's no logo on it. Yeah, like if he gets an NBA logo on it, or is a it okay? Nike logo or something because the league is a Nike sponsored league. I think the, it's, I it's thought it did re- have a Nike logo on it. It might have. I could be wrong. Like but no, it's it's just stupid. It's ridiculous. You know what it is? I I don't think the league really likes Mike Scott. <laughs> I don't know why. He's I, the man. I, he's literally one of the greatest human beings in the NBA. He makes it fun. He has literally revolutionized he's one of the most the, marketable players right now. Exactly. He's completely altered the Philadelphia marketing scheme like what is what is somebody, the issue here? Somebody who, on Twitter said that. Who uh, in the NBA headquarters is so butthurt about this that they had to go and make the headband that he rocks illegal? Like, what? Are you really that childish? It's crazy. This this uh, professional sports. I get that it's like mostly entertainment, but this is some. This is just getting ridiculous. Pl- not allowing players to express themselves through what they wear is just. It's crazy to me, man. I mean. Just get it together. Somebody uh, tweeted at him and said that he could always get the head tie uh, tattooed on. Oh my god, that'd be <laughs> could brilliant! You imagine. I uh, could actually see him doing it. Yeah. How? Uh, that being said, I mean, that would be a bit extra. That'd be wild. Um, but I think that's all we got for you guys today, Herman. I got to get ready to go to uh, day two of the PLL playoffs here in Columbus. If you haven't already, get your tickets for PLL Philadelphia. Yes, in we will be there. In two weeks, we will be there. We will be podcasting live in the parking lot, probably. I just made likely. this announcement off the top of my head. That being said, we're, we'll be doing the, something in the parking the lot. The Premier Lacrosse League is coming to Philadelphia, guys, and you are the fan base that they want to see out there and really just get this place rocking it's at the union stadium um and yeah so we want to see you out there come out for pll philadelphia but until next time it's always great joining the underground sports main show because you know i don't get to talk philly sports too often so thank you for listening and kyle sign us off yeah so uh if you're not already make sure you're following us on twitter at underground phi we uh we keep you up to date with literally everything so make sure you're following us there uh, make sure you're subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. We are up to 219 five-star ratings and reviews. Once we get to 300, I will do another reading of uh, all the reviews from 200 to 300. So get us there and make me uh, suffer through some more reading and make me lose my voice. Uh, and if you don't have an iPhone, go get one. Or you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, we will catch you guys on Wednesday, breaking down this first Eagles game and uh, getting ready for some more football because football will be here. So uh, until next time, this has been Underground Sports Philadelphia, episode number 165, brought to you by Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21, Wainwright Bernhardt, Funeral Home, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Automall, Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. We will catch you guys again on Wednesday. For Herm, I'm Kyle. We are signing off. Go Birds!